Hello and welcome to a Thursday, April 20th edition of the Sports Ethos NBA DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kirmani, and I've got my guy Kenny with me as we take on a trio of Game 3s on a bunch of series that have gotten pretty exciting. This is probably the uh, more fun of the uh, kind of back-to-back days we have of playoff games that are going on, two series that are definitely absolutely uh, locked in a tight 1-1 uh, scenario overall, 2 nothing actually as far as Sacramento-Golden State's concerned, but Phoenix Clippers got themselves uh, back onto 1-1 at the end of that last one, and uh, we'll have to see how far Brooklyn can take it, but still quite a few things to be able to be decided here, a bunch of questionable statuses that we're going to be looking at so far, but Kenny, how are things going? How are your early playoff returns looking, and are you enjoying the first round so far? Oh, man. As always, first round is always the best rounds for me, um, especially as a Clipper fan, since typically um, we don't make it out past that round. But I, I have good hopes that um, if Ty Lu make a couple coaching adjustments, we, we should be getting out of the first round this year. Uh, but outside of that, yeah, first round been great. Outside of this um, Philly-Brooklyn series, that's a little one-sided. And that um, Boston-Atlanta um, series. Yeah, it's definitely the East that's uh, given us a couple of those matchups that aren't nearly as exciting on there. But uh, thankfully, we just have one Eastern Conference game to be able to deal with here when we have the two more exciting Western Conference matchups and probably, you know, the two most fun series so far as far as the first round is concerned. So a lot to look into on that. But as always, we're reaching into the end of the end of the season over here, but it still doesn't get any less of a great value for you. Get yourself onto sportsethos.com. Get yourself signed up with that DFS pass throughout the playoffs. We've been getting amazing DFS deliveries that have been going through. We've had live shows with Keith and a bunch of other guests coming on as well. And then, of course, access to Discord where you get where you get connections with all of our pros, not only in NBA, but all the different sports that we do cover on Sportsitos to get yourself on there, connected all the way up until lineup lock so that you can get that edge that you'll need to be able to take on these smaller slates where that margin of error is ever so much smaller. But let's jump right into the slates right here. The first game of the night is Philly Switching it up, going into Brooklyn now to take on the Nets for game three of their series, 209.5 total for this one. And Philly still favored to win, although slightly less than we have seen earlier in this uh, series so far with a four and a half spread for this one. As far as any injuries are concerned, no real concerns coming out here, except for the fact that uh, Jalen McDaniels is questionable with uh, with an illness on his side. So we'll see if uh, you know the 15 or 20 minutes that he's playing will be moved around between some of these other uh, front court options on here. But Kenny, I'll let you start first off as far as this game's concerned. Who are you liking in this matchup? Looks like it will be our lowest total of the three games, but anyone you're targeting here? Yeah, um, for a GPP play, um, I do have some interest in um, Curry for 3-5. He got 20 minutes last game, and they kind of did what I was expecting them to do in the last game and go a little bit smaller taking um, Sharp completely off the rotation. So I will have a little bit of interest in um, Curry, possibly even Harris in um, GPPs. Then the only cash game play that I really do have is actually um, James Harden on Philly for 8-9. I know his production in the last game was uh, about 20 points off in projections, but um, I really do feel like he's still in a great spot. Um, And for 8-9, I really think you're getting a chance at a 
45 to 60 point upside game out of him. Yeah, I agree. Right, right there with you on the on the Harden side over there. I expect this will be a game where he gets a little bit more going on his offensive side. You saw Brooklyn make those adjustments to really pretty heavily double both uh, Embiid and uh, and Harden kind of early at the top of the key and really try to keep them from getting their shots early, which is why Tyrese Maxey had such a great night having so many open opportunities alongside the fact that he himself did really well off the dribble, which is why he still continues to be a guy I'm going to be heavily targeting throughout the series until he gets into that kind of high 7,000s mark, which I'm sure will happen sooner rather than later. But for now, sitting at 6,700, definitely somewhere that I'm looking uh, consistently there. And uh, from a cash uh, perspective, I do think P.J. Tucker is going to continue to be a very, very decent factor in this series. When he was earlier on when the series started sitting in that 5,000 range, I didn't like him as much then. But if he's going to be sitting at 3,800 for a guy who's going to end up playing somewhere into the uh, mid to high 20s pretty consistently and get you know enough opportunities to be able to hit that, I like him from a, from a cash perspective with a little bit of upside on the GPP side as well. While on the uh, Brooklyn side of things, you mentioned Seth Curry. I'm definitely in on that as well. I do think Cam Johnson is going to continue to be a guy who's going to take a ton of shots for this team really needing his offense. We saw that pretty much hit its absolute peak in the last game. Obviously, that dunk over Embiid was crazy, but still 19 field goal attempts in the game where he ended up with 42 and a half DK points shot 11 threes in that one as well. So it's clear that uh, they're going to be looking to stretch the uh, 76ers out on the perimeter, probably their best chance of being able to make a dent in the series over here. While Mikael Bridges probably at this point, you just know what he's going to give you. He's probably a pretty solid five X cash play night in night out, as long as he's sitting in that sub 8,000 mark over there. But we've seen that he has the upside to be able to get a little bit more so than that as well. And I do think in that kind of 7,000 range of, uh, of the guys I'm looking at here, he's probably going to be the one that I like most from those, uh, from the options that we do have here. Jumping right into the second game of the night then, and probably the one that uh, most people are looking forward to seeing with uh, Sacramento going into Golden State now to take on the Warriors, a 239.5 game total for this one. So easily the highest of the three games we have tonight. The Warriors favored to win by 5.5 in a game where obviously the story coming in is uh, Draymond Green, who has been suspended for this game after his uh, Seth Rollins curb stomp on on Javante <laughs> uh, Sabonis. I don't know what he was thinking there, but it happened. I was actually surprised he got suspended. I thought it would just be that ejection, but uh, I guess history of everything caught up with him. And on top of that, uh, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins are both questionable for this game with uh, soreness on both of their sides as well. But I have a feeling they'll probably uh, go ahead and fight through that. They'll definitely need their offense. While uh, Gary Payton is also questionable with an illness, and we'll see if he is able to uh, get himself on the floor. While Sacramento is fully good to go. Highest game spread of the night, uh, highest total of the night. Who are you liking the Kings-Warriors game so far, Kenny? Um, when it comes to cash game plays, I do feel like Curry is going to be pretty chalky, especially a 9-7 in a game. Felt a few people think they need to win, but I, I really don't think they need to actually get this game. But Curry and Monk are going to be my cash plays if, if I'm looking GPP. Um, I got three plays that I like. Fox is actually going to be the first player that I like as a GPP play. Outside of that, I will have interest in a couple cheaper plays. The first one being Kaminga for 4-2. I'm not sure if he's going to be too chalky, but I do feel like um, a lot of people are going to be on him with um, Green being out. And the second player that I'm going to have um, GPP interest in, 
Um, depending on if these other two players are out, is um, Anthony Lamb for 3-3, I believe. If Even if Gary Payton or just... Um, oh, man. Odegaard. Not think of the other guard's name. Jordan um, Poole? Jordan Poole. Um, if either of them are out, I really do think they're going to take him into the rotation. And he should get you about 15 to 24 minutes because I do feel like they're going to play a little bit smaller. So if you want to get a 1% play on a three-game slate, I really do think that Anthony Lamb will get you there. How about yourself? Yeah, it's completely fair. These uh, kind of value to mid-tier guys are probably where I am spending a lot of my time in this game here. I expect all of them to get uh, in a pretty good scenario. On the Sacramento side, I'm going to start first and foremost with Harrison Barnes, who clearly has taken on a more involved offensive role in this series. It's clearly somewhat personal to him. Some of those dunks were crazy. But uh, yeah, he's been looking in a spot where he's been able to get consistently near 30 DK points in the two games so far. He's getting six to seven rebounds, which is obviously a big boon to the fact that he's also getting low teens as far as his uh, field goal attempts are concerned. So I think at 5,100, he's got a very solid floor to be able to get you anywhere with the upside of being you know, 5.5 to 6x. So a uh, lot to like as far as he's concerned over there. And I think the same goes with uh, Malik Monk as well. Again, he's just in a position where a guy is getting all the three-point attempts that he would want. He's getting more involved with the offense. Hasn't had a dud game yet in the two that he's played. And it's clear that uh, the Kings run heavily with him, especially in that second unit. So really liking uh, Malik Monk's opportunity to continue to play about you know, 33, 34 minutes and uh, be able to do that, especially on a road game here. While on the Golden State side... I am definitely keeping an eye out on whatever happens with the Wiggins and Poole status because I do think that uh, sneakily Dante DiVincenzo could be a pretty decent play over here. Uh, We've seen him, first and foremost at home, be far, far better as far as his shooting percentages are concerned. He actually shoots about 5% better from both uh, the field and three at home. So it just comes down to whether he can get somewhere close to those uh, mid to high 20s as far as minutes are concerned, because we've seen in those kind of opportunities, he has the upside to be able to get you somewhere close to 30 DK points, which is perfect for his price there. And uh, Kuminga, definitely, I think he's going to be, as you said, pretty chalky, pretty uh, popular, given how the rotation is probably going to work out with Draymond being out. We may even see them going a little bit more with Kevon Looney's minutes, depending on how uh, Sabonis is being used. You know, we've seen uh, the Kings try to force feed him a little bit more in that in that last game, especially on the inside. We saw that uh, really take a little bit more of an impact on how many free throw attempts he got as a result. Went you know, 12 free throws in the last game compared to just four in the first one for Sabonis. So more uh, inside presence from their perspective. Probably will need a little bit more from Kevon Looney to try and keep up with that. So 5,500, not the worst center. He's probably my second favorite center on the slate. Uh, the last one's going to be in the last game, but... Uh, yeah, those are probably the uh, the major picks that I'm looking at here. Yep. Yep. Well, finally, I mean, we got we got your boys again. Phoenix, this time going into L.A. to take on the Clippers. You know, I was hoping they uh, would have found a way to go 2 nothing there. Had a pretty good lead going into uh, you know, the first half, but yeah, just kind of uh, lost it and got off the boil and gave Phoenix the opportunity to get back. But they're now looking at a 227 total on this one, and Phoenix is actually favored to win even on this away one by two and a half. So I'm going to definitely get your take on that because I actually think I may go in on uh, the Clippers winning on just pure money line here. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I, I, I do see the Clippers winning as long as they actually do make a couple changes. So what I'm hoping for is to see um, Zubox and Plumlee minutes kind of cut 
um, so we can actually get a little bit more platoon. And that's actually my favorite um, play um, in this game. Uh, but two for three, five, I really do feel like he's going to be in a 30 minute spot. Um, and the upside is always there. Um, his floor is, of course, you know, um, seven DraftKings points. But uh, if you could get him in a three game slate for three, five, it's going to really help you get into a nice little Stars of Scrubs lineup. Um, my GPP play, if these minutes do get cut, I really do think um, Covington will get put back into the rotation somehow. And I feel like, again, that's going to be a almost 3K player for 30 minutes in a three-game slate. I really do think you're going to get a nice little 30-point upside there. Uh, when it comes to my spend-ups, of course, I'm going to be looking at Kawhi and KD along with Booker. And my mid-tier plays, I am only really have interest in um, Norman Powell, Tory Craig, and a little bit of interest in Terrence Ben if we go a little bit smaller. Yeah, it's fair. I think I've been screaming at uh, Ty Lue to try to get Rocco in the rotation. I have no idea why he hasn't as of yet, but yeah, definitely fingers crossed on that. Uh, I think he's definitely going to be needed given uh, what uh, what amount of focus is coming onto the perimeter here. And he's still probably your second best perimeter defender on this team after Kawhi, so get him in. As far as who I'm looking at uh, from the uh, Phoenix side of things, uh, really I'm looking at that mid-tier side as well. I, going back to uh, the center side of things, I do still like DeAndre Ayton as my favorite kind of center play on this uh, on this slate in general for his uh, value upside. His offense is going to continue to be super important. He's obviously been super efficient in the two games that he has played. It just really comes down to whether he can keep himself, one, a little bit out of foul trouble early because it's taken away some of his aggression and it kind of leads into him being a little kind of passive in the second half. He actually played, well, I think he was on a double-double at halftime in that first in that second game there, but really only ended up with 14 and 13 because he was dealing with foul trouble and not wanting to get uh, into that. So if he can stay away from that, he's got the upside to be able to get you high 30s to low 40s for a guy who's at 6,400. Uh, expect that he'll get his opportunity to do something close to that here. While uh, right there with you with uh, Tory Craig, I think he's probably my favorite kind of 4,000 play of the guys that are here, though Norman Powell is probably going to be the guy that I look really heavily on the Thrive Fantasy side of things because it's a pretty good uh, line for him over there. Uh, as far as spend-ups are concerned, right there with you on, on Kawhi, I do think that between uh, him and Durant, I'm going to continue to kind of spend more uh, or spend more attention on the uh, Kawhi side of things. It, it's between him and Curry for the highest kind of raw points on the night, in my opinion. So I'll uh, have a little bit of exposure on both sides, see what ends up working out as far as my lineups are concerned there. And then uh, finally... Uh, I may have a little bit of uh, interest in just Eric Gordon, just if I, from a more of a cash perspective, the GPP, expect he'll continue to play 32 minutes and put up anywhere between 12 to 14 shots a game, which is really all you need for him to hit a couple of threes and can usually get into the low to mid twenties as far as DK points are concerned for him. Well, that brings us to the end of uh, three games there. It's a pretty nice and exciting slate. Looking forward to actually watching these games and seeing how these series continue to play out. Before we get out of here, we're always going to be jumping into the Thrive Fantasy side of things, looking at some of these props over here. And on my side, I've got uh, three of them that are of interest to me, but I'll let you uh, start here. Kenny, what are you liking as far as Thrive is concerned this time around? Um, first prop that I do like is actually Booker over 30 points, 30.5 points. Um, I really think if Williams continue to 
give these star players about 40 minutes each game. Um, 30 points for both Booker and Durant really don't seem out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a, that's a nice play there. Um, going on the other side with uh, De'Aaron Fox, who on the assist side, they've, they've kind of hedged it over here because he had nine assists in the last game, five in the one before that. But at six and a half, six and a half assists for him to go over that to get 100, I expect that uh, we're going to see that, especially if they're playing away from home. We've seen Sacramento be a little bit more half-court friendly in those ones. So they can't just run the opposition out of the gym. So we'll see how that works out. But I expect... He should be getting anywhere between uh, eight to ten assists in these games here, and he's uh, continued to uh, average about eight assists a game against Golden State. So I expect uh, that's a pretty good spot to be able to get him. Yeah. Um, second play that I like is somebody that you mentioned already is Dorvid Powell, but I, I'll save it for you. Um, I'm actually <laughs> going to go with the other Clipper, um, Kwai. I really do like this 42.5 points rebound and assist line. Require. I know they was doubling him a little bit in the last game, but I, I really don't see them sticking to double him to the point where he won't actually give you 30 actual points. And if he just need to get you 12.5 rebounds or assists, and he's going to be in a 40-minute spot, I really don't see him that getting there this game. Yeah, that's fair. I was definitely looking at that one as well. And then, yeah, you already gave the uh, Norman Powell one, which is exactly where I'm looking as well. I expect that for the Clippers to be successful from a offensive standpoint, they need Norman Powell to actually get somewhere close to 20 actual points a night on a pretty regular basis over here. So 16 and a half. Now, honestly, he should be getting past that just on uh, pure points itself. I expect his field goal attempts will continue to go up as the series progresses. They're going to need his offense. And for him to get there for a cool 100 points, I think that's actually a uh, pretty pretty safe bet. I think it probably should have been a little less as far as his points are concerned for him to go over, but I'll take it. Yeah. And uh, one more prop that I do have that's only a 70-pointer is actually uh, Dorian Finney-Smith to get you one steal for 70 points. Um, as long as he gives you about 20, 25 minutes, I really don't see him that generating at least one turnover off of Philly. Perfect. Love it. And my last one is going to be uh, also one for a little bit juicier with uh, Joel Embiid. I expect that uh, on a game where we saw where I think the series is going to start to go as it goes along a little bit more grimy on the inside. Uh, we saw them really heavily double teaming Joel on the inside, but he was able to get quite a few rebounds as a result, ended up with 19 in the last game. So for him to need uh, to go over 12 and a half for 110, 110 points over here. I expect we're going to get more opportunities for him to get closer to that rather than the uh, first game, which was a bit of a, a bit of a shootout here. And Brooklyn has continued to be a matchup where he's dominated on the boards, averaging about uh, about 12 and a half for the entire season as well. So we'll see if he can keep up his averages there. Well, all right, but that uh, brings us to the end of our slate here and the end of our game threes that are going on. As always, you can catch me on Twitter at HK underscore devil, where you can talk to me about where your playoffs are looking so far, who you like in, where have your props been going so far, and what have your lineups looked like? And Kenny, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at OrangeDFS. I'm always talking about all levels of basketball. We got the Euroleague playoffs coming next week. We got the WNBA season starting next month. So, you know, if you ever want to talk basketball, just hit me up. There you go. We'll keep talking about basketball here because that's all we do no matter how old we get. And Dylan Brooks also apparently uh, 
not uh, too phased by how old LeBron is <laughs> when he calls him, uh, what is he, he needs to be 40 to be able to actually get some respect or draw 40 on him. We'll see what that looks like here. But as always, we'll catch you on the next one. Keep hitting us up on Discord. Keep hitting us up on Twitter, on Instagram, all the places where Sports Ethos is. Get yourself subscribed to that DFS pass, and we will see you on the next one. Let's take down some GPPs.